0: up, because it's time to descend into another episode of the Under Pressure Divecast. My name is Stephen Krause, or as my dive buddies call me, Scuba Steve. Scuba diving is a fun and exciting adventure sport that can be enjoyed by an individual or by the entire family. Not just some other individual, and not just some other family. You can be a diver. Your family can be divers. The Under Pressure Divecast is a free resource dedicated to promoting and discussing recreational scuba diving and is a companion to the Under Pressure Dive blog. This divecast is not just a resource for divers. It provides scuba content for anyone who is interested in scuba diving or in the underwater world. Each week, we'll be talking about a topic related to recreational scuba diving. It might be anything from new gear, to diving adventures, diving etiquette, common scuba questions, conservation, or anything else that might be related to the sport of scuba. In the fin tip of the week, I'll share a quick tip or idea that will help reduce stress, improve your skills, or just make your diving that much more fun. Finally, we'll open the gear junkies garage and focus on equipment I own, equipment I like or don't like, or new gear that has caught my attention. So come on, let's make our descent. This is episode one of the Under Pressure Divecast. Here's the dive plan for this week's episode. I thought it would be a good way to start if I shared with you a bit of my journey to becoming a scuba diver. Some divers will be able to relate to this, and many non-divers, or what I like to call future dive buddies, will understand. The really important piece here is to know that diving is something you can do. In the Fin Tip of the Week segment, I'll tell you five fun or useful things to do on a safety stop. And finally, in the Gear Junkies Garage, I'll give you my take on the shine from Misfit Wearables. Scuba is an exciting and educational sport that allows a diver to participate in a world the rest of humanity can only imagine. As I tell you my own story today, I'm confident many of you will be able to relate to the feelings and misconceptions I had about scuba diving. I'm going to tell you a little bit about myself, what barriers I had to overcome to begin my scuba adventure, and, I hope, Make sure you understand that our sport is more accessible to you than you think. If you're already a diver, keep listening. This episode will give you a sense of who I am, what I believe, and what the future will hold for this podcast. So who am I? Who is Scuba Steve? Before I became a diver, like many people, I watched programs like The Undersea World of Jacques Cousteau and imagined myself in the underwater world. I thought about what kind of life those people must have led. They must have been snorkeling in the bathtub before they could walk. They most likely quit school when they were nine to become a tank monkey on the Calypso. By the time they were filming, they could probably breathe underwater already and only put on scuba gear for show. Of course, all of that is ridiculous, but it illustrates my own incorrect assumptions about the types of people who were divers. I just assumed that divers lived on boats in far-off places with exotic names and unpronounceable foods. To be fair, some divers do. But my understanding of the overall dive community couldn't have been more wrong. If you had asked me a year before I started my scuba class if I could learn to scuba dive, I would have said, yeah, sure. But it would have been that uncommitted sort of reply that you give when a distant relative says you can stay at their house. It wasn't that I didn't think I could dive, not necessarily. It was just that it wasn't something that I felt connected to. I didn't know any divers. I grew up in New Mexico and Colorado, a thousand miles from any ocean. Before I went into the dive shop on that fateful day in 2002, I couldn't have listed one non-celebrity diver that dove. There was Mike Nelson, Jacques Cousteau, and David Dublay. And that was pretty much it. I mean, Jacques Cousteau has his own ship, I later learned that one of my aunts did dive when I was growing up, so you should never underestimate the value of knowing your family. How do I know I'm not an anomaly? That my preconceptions about diving aren't in my head alone? A pretty good estimate of the number of divers in the United States is about 1% of the population. Research shows that about 25% of us would like to dive. Roughly speaking? That's 79 million people that think diving would be cool, but don't do it. Even if you stop listening right now, and you only take one thing away from this, let it be that regular people can dive. If you know a hundred people, you probably know a diver. If nothing else, now you know me. I'm a regular guy that scuba dives, and so can you. So in 2001... I took a soul-searching trip to the U.S. Virgin Islands. I did every underwater activity I could, except dive. Hookah helmets, snorkeling, and even one of those Atlantis submarines that has since been moved. It was snorkeling that did me in. I had to get closer. I had to get down there. Even while I was snorkeling with my foam vest on the makeshift path of buoys and underwater bronze plaques wishing I could be down on the reef, I didn't consider scuba. It just didn't occur to me. A few months later, I drove by the scuba shop in my now hometown of Fort Collins, Colorado. I didn't stop. I drove by a few more times before I finally decided to go into the shop. I don't know why I felt so intimidated, but I remember to this day Jim asking me if there was anything he could help me with. I said, no, no thanks. I'm just looking. I left without asking a single question about scuba diving. I went in again, and maybe more than a few times before I finally let one of the divers there engage me in a conversation about scuba. When I finally let it happen, I realized immediately that scuba was for me. And now, in retrospect, while I didn't find my soul in the Virgin Islands, it did ultimately bring me to scuba diving, which is pretty close. After over 10 years of diving from California to Australia to Bonaire and beyond, I've completed specialties in navigation, altitude, enriched air nitrox, dry suit, and night diving. I've been through stress and rescue training and done two technical diving courses, advanced nitrox and decompression diving. Now my journey has gone from diving recreationally to becoming a dive professional. And as an assistant instructor, I get to help bring the great sport of scuba to the next generation of divers as I continue my training on my way to certification as an open water instructor. If you're not a diver but are one of the millions of people who wants to be, then this is the place to be. The Under Pressure Dive blog and Divecast are dedicated to making the sport of scuba accessible to anyone who's ever wanted to try it. If you're a diver and want a place to call home when you can't be in the water, then the Under Pressure Dive blog along with this podcast are for you. With that, it's time to drift over to the tip of the week. In this week's tip of the week segment, I'll share five useful or fun things to do on your next safety stop. Number five, inventory your gear and make sure you came up with everything you went down with. This keeps our reefs clean and keeps us from having to buy the same piece of gear over and over. Number four, practice buoyancy. I know it doesn't sound glamorous, but buoyancy is something that helps you enjoy your dive, conserve your air, and protect our fragile ocean environment so it's time well spent. Number three, play hangman on your wrist slate with your dive buddy. tic tac toe is another good one. Number two, take video selfies. While you may think there are already too many selfies in the world, and you're probably right, at least yours will be underwater. And finally, the number one thing to do on your safety stop, and my personal favorite, is to practice bubble rings. All right, there's five things you can do to while away your time on your next safety stop, and that means it's time to open the Gear Junkie's Garage. This week in the Gear Junkie's Garage, it's the Shine Fitness Monitor by Misfit Wearables. I know, it's the very first episode and I'm already throwing a wrench in the works by talking about gear that isn't strictly scuba related. Hey, what can I say? It's more of a guideline than an actual rule. The Shine is a beautifully crafted fitness monitor that can be worn on your wrist like a watch, on your lapel, or belt, or virtually anywhere using the included magnetic clasp. So where's the scuba connection? I've tried the Fitbit, as well as the Shine, and while there are some great things about the Fitbit app, I finally decided the Shine was for me. Why? In a word? Water. When I'm not diving, I swim. If you follow the market, there are a few good swimming monitors out there, of which Shine is one. Fitbit and many others do not recommend immersing them in water. The Shine is the only fitness monitor that I've found that is rated to five atmospheres or 150 feet. So if you're a diver and a fitness buff or just a gear junkie, the Shine can be your fitness buddy on your next dive. That's about it for this episode of the Under Pressure Divecast. One final note, if it sounds like I'm rating most of this, I did. I appreciate your patience and look forward to improving my recording skills as the show progresses. Thank you for listening today. I hope to see you on the reef, and between dives, I look forward to talking with you about scuba here and on the web. If you've enjoyed this divecast today, please visit the website at underpressurediveblog.com and consider leaving a review on iTunes. I'm Scuba Steve, and this has been the Under Pressure Divecast. The surface interval's over, get out there and dive.